0: Through my fear and the practice of rewiring my relationship with it, I gained knowledge of where my walls are. My red flags, my green flags, my obstacles that stand before me with an invitation an invitation for deeper hope, deeper faith, for me to see beyond what has historically always stifled me. And I could have followed my fear. I could have followed my fear and my pride. I could have continued to isolate and not lean in for support. But here's what I would have missed. Deeper relationships that get built from this level of opening and vulnerability and the reflections and insights that, that others can provide for me. And so, ultimately, what I learned is that isolation does not provide these gifts. What actually provides these gifts is vulnerability. Vulnerability is actually one of the most challenging to access. Powerful tools that I know, not the kind that you can just turn off and on whenever you want. By vulnerability, I mean a devotion and a commitment to living in your vulnerability. (sighs) But it all starts with waking up to what our bodies are actually expressing, what our mind is suppressing. I imagine all of us as babies. Like I imagine us as babies, bare ass, with our diapers half off, while we're being changed, revealing just all of that that came out of you with whichever adult is changing you at that moment without any words or ability to control what we want to happen. That may seem a little graphic, but
1: in my experience, this
0: is the level of vulnerability that overcoming your fear requires. Think of the bigger picture here. The word fear provides so many hidden subtle clues within it. Fear has so many hidden clues within it. And the purpose of this class today is to break it down so that when you're faced with fear, you can run it through a similar process that I'm gonna show you today and hopefully develop a healthier way to be able to move through it. So I just wanna do a quick check. I know that our chats are off, but uh, give me a little reaction if you're hearing me okay. Is there any choppiness or anything like that? Doing good, okay,
1: good. So let's break this down. Our fear
0: is not a foe. Our fear is not an enemy. Our fear is actually a signifier of something that gets to shift or change. And on the other side of that fear is a gift. A gift that we get to add to our awareness and our tool belt. So regardless of however you want to slay it, far too often, we mistake awareness over our fear as either bypassing it, disregarding it, or victimizing it. So when you feel fear, that's the first step. Is it a friend? Is it a foe? And how is it that we're processing this fear? So this is an example of our relationship with fear when we either bypass, victimize it, or av- just avoid it altogether. And as you can see, we're not even looking at the fear. We're just reacting from it. We're like, oh shit, this is scary. So let's dive into this. Bypassing your fear, it's very common. This is actually what bypassing your fear can look, feel, and sound like. Inauthenticity, incomplete internal processing and missing answers, not giving ourselves an opportunity to fully understand the core of what's actually happening. It's the, oh, just stay positive. Look on the bright side. How many of you know that? Yeah, all of us.
1: Avoiding our fears can look, feel,
0: and sound like the distraction that we give ourselves, either through experiences, relationships, psychedelics, disregarding, avoiding, especially avoiding alone time. That's a big one. The story is, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Just ignore it just ignore it, just push it down, it's all good, okay? So that's also a really common way that we cope with our fear. These are some of the most common coping mechanisms when it comes to fear. And then finally, victimizing fear. The bigger picture of these coping methods, it's like victimizing, for example. This is when we spiral out in emotion It's our inability to think or focus on anything else, the triggers, the obsessiveness, blame, projections. The story is you can't possibly understand. You don't know what I've been through. So just take a moment and drop in with yourself on where historically in your life and your fears, this came up this came up in some way, shape, or form. The bigger picture of these coping mechanisms are that neither of them leave any room to zoom out for the bigger picture. These are actually defense-based coping mechanisms that typically take up the majority of our brain power. So what happens when we can look from the area of view? From top down, unbiased, creating space for all of your processes, while still being able to center on it, become neutral. Living life from a space of neutrality has supported me so much, especially in terms of not taking things too personally, you know? So let's keep flowing. If you have any questions, please write them down towards the end, okay, since we don't have our chat on right now. So each of the coping methods that we just read, if we look in between the lines for a second, they do give us a bigger picture of some foundational practices. So let's look in between of what our historical coping mechanisms around fear actually Teach us. One, be authentic with how you're feeling rather than bypass it. Actually accept it. Number two, feel what you're actually feeling rather than avoid it or disregard it. Feel what's real. Famous saying that floats, feel what's real so that you can heal. And number three, acknowledge that your feelings are valid without needing to get that external confirmation, you know? And there's a way to take ownership of what you can control rather than only focusing on what you can't control. It's being able to just say, what happened, happened. That's it. And the bonus two practices that i want to share with you is number four being able to process and integrate the fear that's a big one and then coming back to your center so consider this a baseline foundation practice of when fear comes up we are totally worthy and deserving of being able to process it and see it in this way so that we are not shaming ourselves we're actually able to accept from a space of neutrality this is what's alive for me
1: but then we're not spiraling out just be with that for a second be with that for a second because i will tell you for me
0: this is opposite of what i was taught Like, absolute opposite of how I was taught to operate when it comes to fear. So, we are completely rebelling right now. (laughs) So, moving on, we talked about F. We talked about if our fear is a friend or a foe. And now we want to talk about E and break this down. So, the next question is it evidence? or emptiness where is your fear like actually fueling from knowing the difference can actually determine the path on how to process the fear so this is a big one of being able to understand the source like okay is what i'm afraid of is what i'm afraid of actually real is it a fact Or am I pulling off of something that happened in the past? Right? When you're pulling from a space of evidence, these are the actions, events, or experiences that actually took place to invoke your fear. These are real, these are valid facts, okay? Emptiness is when you base your fears on what I call empty promises. So either we're fearful because of future decisions that we haven't even made yet, or it's basing the fear solely on past evidence. So it's like, for me, I don't skate anymore because of what happened when I broke my wrist in middle school, middle school. And this isn't good, bad, right or wrong. It's valid, but just hear me out on this. I want to point out that our egoic, realistic, practical minds will immediately justify as to why our fears are valid for us to hold on to. And guess what? Your fears are valid. They're 100% valid. This isn't a conversation on degrading or belittling the trauma that we've experienced in our life. This is just to remember that our fear's ultimate desire is to just try and keep us safe. So I invite you to approach fear for a minute from a place of having empathy with it. I want you to just build fear as an actual character. Build your fear with eyes, with a mouth, like just create it for a second. And this approach goes so far against common coping mechanisms that simply empower us to push away and dissolve the fear altogether. So let's take a look at an example of that and like what that actually looks like. So as you look at this image, just observe what emotions this brings up for you. So remember the first image when they were crouched over and they're like, "Ah, oh, this is terrifying. Maybe the fear isn't as terrifying as it feels. Maybe it actually has something that it wants to say to you. And it takes us being able to look towards it, to face it, to really be able to see what it wants to say. Just keep that in the back of your mind right now. So we talked about fear. We talked about if fear is a friend or a foe. We talked about if your fear is actually based on evidence or emptiness. And now as we dive into A, having awareness around our fears gives us a bird's eye view on what's actually going on. When we remove the bias and the emotions for just a second, what's actually happening? And what is the opportunity here? What is the universe showing me from a space of neutrality? You know, in my fullest transparency, the biblical concept of rebuking fear, like they've taught in the Bible. I grew up, I grew up Christian and deep in ministry. And the concept of rebuking fear or blaming it on an evil external source to me is a missed opportunity. Fear is quite literally one of the most common human emotions that we experience in this life. And especially in a society that's driven by media, come on, we've all seen the news, we've all opened our phone. It's strong. And the fact of the matter is that avoiding fear creates an ongoing opposition within our internal guidance system. And ultimately sources the collective opposition that we're seeing amongst humanity. It sources the foundation of opposition when we avoid, when we separate. And so... The point is that fear is really false evidence appearing real. And a lot of you may have heard that. And that is why avoiding what's true creates this barrier around our most authentic self. Because by avoiding, we're literally operating on false evidence that appears real. Avoidance happens when we're not giving ourselves permission either to fully grieve, to process the things that have happened in our lives. We'd think that, oh, it hurts so badly, so badly, that we would just prefer to save it for later or pretend it doesn't exist altogether. <sighs> so let's take a courageous step inward tonight. I want you to grab your journal, any notepad or even just a note on your phone and i want you to check in right now and ask yourself where in my life have i been operating on false evidence that
1: appears real where have i been living in a story rather than my actual truth Just take a minute and write that to yourself, even if it's your phone notes. I'm gonna give you one minute to just drop in with that. Really drop in with that. Thank you for sharing. Okay, so just
0: continue to dive into this even after the class, but this journaling practice is the very practice and an example of how we actually choose awareness over avoidance. This is a key formula to rewrite
1: your relationship with fear. So just take a look. For my visual learners,
0: what happens when you choose to view your fears with awareness? What else do you see in the faces and the eyes of both fear and the
1: person? Right off the bat, I see empathy, vulnerability, compassion. Awareness of our fears requires all of these things. And it starts with you. So we finally made it to R and I ask you, when
0: you feel fear, are you responding to it? Are you responding to the fear and receiving it or are you reacting to it? Here's the difference. Responsiveness, I equate to slowness. Reactiveness, I equate to speed, quick without even thinking. An example is, think of the emotion of anger, for example. When I teach emotional release work, this is one of the most common emotions that people either hesitate, resist, or are afraid to go all of the way with. Why? Because we've only seen anger when it's outbursting on the news, through violence, through harm, to ourselves and to others. That is a reactive response to suppressed anger. And this is the difference. When you give yourself a safe space to slow down and feel the source of your anger, you never have to fear exploding out of anger. It's giving yourself a safe space to actually respond rather than react. And we set ourselves up to win by sitting with silence, actually sitting with it, so that we can respond to what's actually happening right now and maybe not project or take it out on someone around us or ourselves. Now, when it comes to survival mode or feeling pain, I want to just call out that this process and sensations escalates by a thousand. When you are in physical pain, or actually in a space of needing to defend for your safety, whoo, it's a whole different level of now needing to balance what happens next. And my best practice for this is that when I find myself in an unstable space or reaction due to fear, I choose to set myself up to win on a process on how to release what I'm feeling. So, If any of you have taken an emotional release workshop with me, that can just be going to a pillow and just yelling it out, giving yourself a somatic opportunity to just release. It can be speaking to a trusted source. And there's another method that's called swamping. Um, Shout out to Mama Gina and a lot of her teachings that she does around uh, reclamation of our bodies and our sexuality. Swamping is like wild, primal, dancing the type of dancing we would normally never be caught showing to others this is a rewriting pattern this is us giving us ourselves a safe space to just feel what's real and what happens when we do that what happens when we receive our fear with responsiveness and actually take the time to listen When we listen, we can receive that this fear, maybe more than 10 years old, 20 years old fear that we're still operating on, has really been a scared younger version of us that ultimately just needed to hear and remind that we're safe. Reminding that we're held. It's important and we are safe when we're able to reclaim this fear, when we're able to take responsibility, take ownership, we're able to come back to this state of wholeness and actually meet ourselves from the beginning, from the actual beginning of as we were a child, every age up until now, full reclamation story. That's the opportunity that we have when we're able to meet ourselves. So, it's important for me to share this moment with you in my life. And I say this because by sharing it with you, I'm also moving through one of my deepest fears in my life right now as well. I am in the transition right now of needing to get an explant procedure done from having breast augmentation. I got them done 10 years ago. And I'm in an immense amount of pain now as my body is like screaming for me to take them out. And I will say that this has been one of my wildest self-love journeys to date. And by submerging myself into my fear through this, here's what I've learned. Number one, I remet the way younger 20 year old version of me by going through this fear. I felt the same thoughts that my 20 year old self did when I was researching to get them done. The fears, the insecurities that I had at the time. And I also felt the excitement and the growth and the confidence that was felt by that 20 year old version of me when I did get them done as I embraced them. I also learned that the ancestral cycle of emotional suffering and insecurity in my bloodline ended with me. It stops now. And my life journey has been devoted to learning this outrageous vulnerability that's possible and the mission of self-love, learning to observe and experience my fears through a space of neutrality as best as I can in that moment, you know, really doing whatever's necessary to bring myself back into presence. So when you can drop yourself back into presence and process your fears from neutrality and compassion on yourself, you actually begin to feel fear in such a different way that actually continues to guide you and move you forward in the direction of your desires and your growth get clear on your growth, be open to exploring the quality of life that you really want without the fear of what could happen, without the fear of the stories of what you've been through in the past, like give yourself permission to blank slate and then process from there from what's true to you, because that is the most authentic version of you. And as you get clear on the what, what it is that you actually want in your life, the quality of life that you are actually calling in, you'll get clear signs of the how. You'll get clear signs of really jumping and allowing yourself to jump and then trusting that the net will follow. Trust and the net will follow. The interesting thing is that many of us often know the very things that we need to do in order to get ourselves out of an internal spiral, and then yet, we still don't do it. We still freeze when there's an opportunity to to do something about it, and we know. But here's the thing, when you get clear enough on your why and the bigger picture of what you are devoted to creating, the leaps through your fear start to become so much more anticipated, not enjoyable. They still hurt like hell, but you're more prepared. You start to look forward to it and you become more alive as you do it. So your choice to lean into what scares you actually starts to become one of the most rewarding parts of your life. And that's the truth. This is why we dive deep into ourselves. This is the core of when you see people doing things that are kind of crazy that they're choosing to feel all that pain and remorse right now. This is why we do it. For me, it has been the most beautiful love journey in my life. It's the kind of journey that positively impacts the next seven generations of your lineage. That level powerful. So when we're saying yes into our own ultimate love journey. It starts with learning to reclaim the versions of you that were once denied or rejected. That is where the shadow work comes in. And shadow work, for those of you that may not know, it's making the conscious choice to turn inward and heal what's been neglected or rejected. There are so many beautiful ways and forms in which people can choose to pursue this for themselves. So many ways. And for me, it was emotional release work. Like, I swear to you, there was nothing else like being put in a room to feel all of my feels without limitations, without judgments, without masks, just giving myself a safe space to feel all that I've been holding in for years, you know, like I didn't even know what I was holding in. I just felt this level of relief when I gave myself permission to simply scream like I was frozen for years prior to that moment. And so somatic emotional release work accompanied with integration support has been one of the most powerful catalysts for me in terms of intimate self-love, infinite self-love. So just something to keep in mind and exploring what's right for you. So in closing, This tool that we went over today is learning how to break down the acronyms of fear on how to actually process it when we're met with it at the door. So it could be something that happens the moment this call gets off. It could have been me dealing with those Zoom trolls earlier and feeling a sense of fear. I would say an instant fear that came up of, oh, I'm letting my community down by these trolls being here. And when I go through this process, is that feeling of letting my community down? Is that my friend or is that a foe? That's a foe, hands down, because I know that's false and I know I'm not letting anyone down. Is the fear that we feel evidence or is it emptiness? Am I going off of facts or am I going off of an idealism of how I want to show up for my people? Really applying that. Also, A, is your fear. Are you having awareness around it or are you avoiding something? Are you taking in your fear with awareness or are you taking in your fear with avoidance? And then are receptive or reactive. When your fear comes in, are you being receptive to it and what's there or are you reacting to it? Okay, so just some things to be mindful of, some things to be able to just like screenshot this if this is supportive to you, but just know that you are so fully supported to face the things that scare you. The things that scare you are ultimately the gift holders of the versions of ourselves that we really know that we can be. And it just takes communities like this, it takes you continuing to lean into ways and tools on how to do something different than what we were taught. Redefine normal. Every single one of you are the future generations of leaders in different ways. And so how can we continue to show up on this earth that is so driven by fear in our modern society and actually choose something different? Let's just close our eyes for a second and breathe in to that. Take a deep breath in,
1: exhale out.
0: Keeping your eyes closed, arms open, embodying a level 10, whatever that means for you. Open body, open
1: heart. Breathing in to the possibilities that are so available to you through the internal processing of your fears. Placing your hands on your heart. Thanking yourself for the ability to turn inward and just look, just look and seeing what's there. honoring everyone's courage and bravery and support here in this room. Thank you. Thank you so much. And opening your eyes. Amazing.
0: So I am so excited to be able to hear from each of you on what you took from this, what you may have experienced from this moment. I'm going to stop my sharing so I can hopefully see your faces and see, okay, you're all real people. You're not trolls. Yes. (laughs) And just wanna give an opportunity for anyone to come off of mute. Do you have any questions on anything that we talked about?
1: I'd like to say something.
0: Yeah, Jacob, over to you.
1: So one thing that I wrote down was a that I took from this was give fear gratitude because it's in its nature of fear it's to protect you so looking at it like Mm. that like reframing it from you know being fearful of it and avoiding it to like embracing it and saying okay what do we got to look at like that was my biggest takeaway from it and I'm super inspired I'm gonna paint all three of those paintings in my own way (laughs) I love those paintings I love to paint (laughs) Not that yeah. good at it. Thank you for this class. This has been amazing.
0: Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for being here. And I really love the way that you full circled your fear processing into your art. Cause I will say to you that art and creative expression has hands down been one of the most powerful tools and catalysts for me to transmute my fear into something beautiful because it is beautiful, right? There's Absolutely. so much beauty there. Yes, thank you. Thank you. One more share. Who wants to share?
2: I can share yeah uh, One of the biggest takeaways for me was like actually drawing out the fear and like drawing out the fear makes it actually less scary and it makes it um more of like a tangible thing and not like this big like overarching thing looming over your or over my head and um. I have a couple different fears and i feel inspired to like drawing each of these like little fears out and um i guess yeah just literally facing it and making it um something that i can like overcome and um another thing that was really powerful was the question that you asked in the beginning when you're like oh like what would life look like if we did not have that fear and really envisioning myself and. And picturing that, I'm like, oh my God, this would be like life would be so much easier, it'd be so much more magical for me. And so, um, setting intention for myself, just like really envisioning every day, waking up, like, okay, how can I manifest a life without fear? And of course, you know, fears will come up every now and then, but like I have some overarching fears that are themes in my life. And, um, being like aware of that and like working towards overcoming them. Thank you. Thank you, Farah. Okay.
0: Asma, did you have something you wanted to share before I we have a end? question
3: actually? I have a question uh-huh. for you. Um you mentioned like I'm um, like some of the fears are like from the past, right? So like you're living in that fear for like decades in, like, and like in your body also is now like reacting to the fear. So it's now physical, right? So even though your mind is like already in the future of like, I'm out of it, but your body, sometimes my body, I'm going to speak for myself, uh, reacts to, um, incoming fear by itself. Right. Do you have any advice on how to quote unquote, rewrite it? Like, you know, rewrite the habits because like, you know, my body will react to it. My brain be like, Hey, you can pause, but it's like, you know, it's like a weird back and forth, (laughs) like, yeah. you know Uh, yes and i don't know how long it takes to override this thing because you know i can feel like it's less and less after a while but it's not gone so i'm wondering if you have any tricks or Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah thank you for bringing up such a, a beautiful question that's very common and the biggest thing i would share there and reflect is that knowing the source of why we are experiencing the fear is everything And so when fear comes into the body, our instant process is to say, no, like override. We're not going to allow ourselves to feel it. We're better than this. We have our like, come on, we're way beyond that. And by us attempting to override the fear when it happens, we're actually suppressing it rather than allowing it to move through us fully. And so the first image, I'm not sure if you were here for it, but when fear was tapping on her back, she was like, ah, no, don't want to look at it. And so that's actually in a way disregarding it or avoiding it by when we feel it, attempting to push it. So instead, when fear happens in my body, I'm like, oh, okay, this is my survival instincts. Because when I was younger, I was always told to look over my shoulder and be careful. And Every time I left the house, you know, my parents told me, look, oh, be safe, like street smart, street smart. So when I'm out at night or out by myself and I'm feeling fear, I now understand why. I understand the source of where it started. So really when you feel fear, identify it, what type of fear? What is the fear saying to you? I'm not safe. I'm a ab- what if I'm abandoned? What if people don't like me? Understand that. And then you get to dissect it, and then you get to be with yourself and explore, where did this first start? Because it's like timeline jumping, spending the time to be like, where did this first happen? And it could be as early as two years old. It could be something that's very present as an adult, but the more that we face it and we allow it to be seen, once you know the source, feel it, release, cry, let it out, whatever it is you need, But then you start to recognize that it doesn't have a hold over us anymore. It doesn't keep coming back and responding in the same way because we're more at peace with it. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Good question. Yeah, okay, so before we close, I want to also share with you all an opportunity that you can have because everything we're talking about, this is literally a can of worms that we are cracking open. And what comes next is an influx of so many different things that are like, wait a second, this comes up for me, that comes up for me, what's going on? And so scanning this QR code just gives an opportunity to drop in one-on-one together. And there are so many tools and resources and ways of mentorship that I have available to share with my community that I would love to be able to support you. Just diving in deep of where am I stopping? Where am I not necessarily holding myself up to the fullness of all that I am? If you're the type of person that you're in a major transition in your life right now, and you're feeling all of this come up, you, you know if you're in that space, then let's talk. Okay, so feel free to take a screenshot of this, take a picture of it. It's meetwithluna.com. We're also having a retreat on the 21st of January, a shadow work retreat in person. And I like to call the shadow work retreat, the scalpel of the consciousness. It's cracking open and there's so much to work with. There's so much there. And so know that I am here for you as a resource. I am here for you to support in your mental health, your emotional freedom, your creative freedom, your sexual freedom. So know that you can always come to me. And otherwise, I just thank you so much for following your yes. Keep following your yes. Keep following your yes, even if it scares you.
1: And I promise you on the other side of that, it's only magic.